Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the most expensive episode of Another Digital Citizen. We'll talk about why that is. Hi Luke. Hi Fro, hi everybody. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. This is the most expensive episode of this podcast. I guess so. Well, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that's 100%. Well, does buying computers count? Because we have to have computers to do the podcast. So. Oh yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's the second most expensive podcast we've done. Sure. Yeah. Because I remember that you needed to get a computer. Yeah. I'm sure you've bought a computer yeah. at some point during this podcast, but yeah. Never. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I have. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, bought a microphone this week. Uh, that was fun. It's uh, very, black, very big and very black and just in front of me, so... It's uh, it's a little uh, distracting, but uh, I'm going to get used to it. You got the big giant mic stand. I have like the little desktop mic stand, so it's. I wouldn't say it's a little less. Uh, it's more in the way because it's on my desk, so it takes up desk space, which yours doesn't. But less right. in the way because it's not like right in your eye line. So like either way, right. there's there's pluses and minuses to either one of those things, I guess. <laughs> There, there, there definitely is. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, no joke. This was uh, because uh, I was uh, I was talking to you, and you you were like uh, we were talking. You have hinted many many years that I should get an, a microphone. So I finally got uh, the finger out of my ass and actually did it. Yeah, you kind of went all out on the mic. You got a really nice mic and everything, so hopefully it sounds yes. good. Uh, uh, hopefully it sounds a little better. I mean, probably not going to sound that much different, but at least a little bit better. You're still, go I mean, you know, we're still going through Skype. It's not like you're here live recording or anything like that, but it's going to sound a little better than normal. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> live from Norway. Well, it's live for us, even though it's not live for you there out there. Right, I meant, like, you're not in studio with me, which then we could... Right. Yeah, right, exactly. Will, will we ever do a live show? I don't know, maybe, someday. Uh, I think we'd have to be, like, making money to, like, out of the show to be able to put into travel expenses, but I don't know, maybe if we, for some reason... See, I don't like to fly, so that's an issue. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I don't mind flying. Right. I can fly to you. Fly me on... Fly me to the moon. Yeah, I mean, the moon... Uh, talking about the moon, uh, did you see that uh, a new millionaire is, has been in space? Yeah, the penis rocket, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> the penis rocket, yes. Uh, gosh, it looks like a penis. I don't know if they d did that on purpose or what, but it definitely looks like a big white <laughs> bright white penis yeah <laughs> the whitest penis there is 
Uh, yeah, we talked about last time, last week, we talked about one millionaire, now another millionaire. Does it say how high he was? I don't have an article on that, do yeah. you? Nope. Okay. So let's spe- speculate about something else, because we are going to talk a lot about China today. Look, China has definitely been in the news. Uh, yeah, a lot of China news. Um, even some that happened just today we'll probably not talk about, but the U.S. Mm-hmm. formally has accused China of a massive cyber attack, including on Microsoft. The White House is blaming China for attacking Microsoft's Exchange email server software that compromised tens of thousands of computers. Separately, the Department of Justice announced uh, that a federal grand jury in May has indicted Chinese nationals accused of wor- working with official sanctions from Beijing to break into computer systems belonging to other U.S. companies, universities, and governments. The cyber attack on Microsoft, which is believed to have begun in January, reportedly injected computers with malware that secretly monitored systems belonging to small businesses, uh, as long as, as well as local and state governments and some military contractors. As a part of the attack, an unidentified American company was also hit with a ransom, according to the Biden administration. Yeah. I'm not sure I believe this. Uh, I'm, I would not be surprised if China is doing some type of uh, espionage, online espionage, uh, just oh, like no. lots of other I... countries are doing. Um, I'm sure yeah. we're doing it to other places and they're doing it to us and... Uh, I, sure. I, so, sure, I'm not surprised this is happening. Um, it's it's a move that I've noticed change has changed the tone on the other side of the aisle. Like the Republicans, a lot of the Republican people that I follow on like YouTube or things like that, for mm. uh, up until last week, seemed to be calling him Beijing Biden a lot. And then all of a sudden, this week, that name kind of disappeared because Biden is going after China, <laughs> right? China, so, yeah. yeah, you know, I I also have heard the word "bitching" Biden a lot, but I, you know, there there's okay. I'm I'm just going to say it flat out. There there are some fishy things about this, like. There are some things that get let me get, go a little like, hmm. Well, I guess really? the first thing that, that you could go hmm to, if it was just the U.S. that had been attacked, that had said this all happened to him, okay, this one country was attacked, okay. But the U.S. allies mm. are also blaming China for cyber attacks. The officials who briefed reports late Sunday said the U.S. Uh, said they would join the U.S., uh, and the European Union, the United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, Japan, and NATO to condemn the Beijing's Ministry of State Security for for the malicious cyber attacks. Yeah. <laughs> no. Mm. There, there's something fishy about this. Maybe, maybe I, I just love conspiracy theories a little too much. Maybe that's the problem. Or maybe it is because Norway says cyber attack on Parliament was carried out from China. So not only was China hacking Microsoft, 
and stealing things there in the United States and things like that. But they also did it in Norway. And how long between those two things kept coming out was it? Approximately an hour? Uh, in the articles that we say we saw from different places, one wasn't so. It's that's when the when the articles were written. But yeah, for us, yeah. it was like an hour difference when we found out about it at, at very least. Yeah. Uh, Norway said on Monday, uh, the 10th of uh, March, cyber attack on Parliament email system was carried out by China, calling on authorities to uh, take steps to prevent such activities. The cyber attack in March uh, compromised the email system of our most important democratic institution. Uh, we will always react uh, to these types of uh, interactions. For Foreign Minister Ina Eriksen Söreide said in a statement emailed to Reuters. Right, and this is 100% connected to the American attack because the attack had utilized a security hole in the Microsoft Exchange software. Right. So this is pr- yeah. this is the same attack. Uh, accord- the same attack. It's the, all these other countries that were using the same Microsoft Corp Exchange software all mm. uh, are saying China hacked this software, and so each country is blaming them separately for the same attack, if that makes sense. Um, it seem, it's It just seems like uh, at a time when America is being somewhat squeezed by China as far as like our economy is uh, not doing great because of different things that China is doing um, mm-hmm. that we would try to squeeze them in a different way uh, it seems m- maybe more uh, um, purposeful on the US's part to try not necessarily to call this out now because of monetary reasons other than just being worried about the hacking itself yeah the Chinese embassy in Norway told Reuters that they had requested evidence that the claims from the Norwegian government, and they also said in a statement, we are willing to cooperate with all uh, relevant parties based on facts and evidence to jointly uh, combat illegal activities in cyberspace. At the same time, we strongly oppose baseless accusation and smears towards China and political irrelevant issues. Right. China has denied the allegations that it carried out the major cyber attack against Microsoft. Uh, The U.S. and other Western countries on Monday accused China of the hacking. They said it was part of a broader pattern of reckless behavior that threatens global security. China says it opposes all forms of cyber crime, but has said these claims are fabricated. Uh, Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman said the U.S. and its allies uh, got its allies to make unreasonable criticisms against China. The U.K., EU, New Zealand, and Australia, as well as others, joined the U.S. to accuse the uh, Chinese of state-sponsored hacking. Uh, yeah, so they're they're saying this is a lie. Do you remember all the proof there was for the Russian interference in the election in America? Right. There was no evidence. And then when we got evidence really? uh, that said that it, it there was no evidence, uh, people still continue to say that there was a Russian 
plot with Donald Trump to hack hack the the DNC, but we know that that's not true now. But you still see that on the news on MSNBC and CNN and places they still act like that's the truth. Is it just me, or does this feel kind of the same? <laughs> yeah, because they're well, it's very much the same because it, uh, it's a group. Uh, the group, the hacking group, is known as Half Neum, and it was state, according to them, is state sponsored and based in China. Western security sources believe Hafnium knew Microsoft had planned to deal with uh, the weakness they exploited, and so it shared it with other Chinese-based hackers. Uh, the source says the hack seems to signal a shift from targeted espionage campaign to smash and grab raid, leading to concerns that Chinese cyber behavior is escalating. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is it, they're not necessarily blaming the government. They're saying that the government paid this group known as Hafnium. They're saying state-sponsored. So this hacking mm -hmm. group, they're accusing China of paying a hacking group. Uh, so that not necessarily that the government hacked our computers, but that they paid somebody to hack our computers. I feel I have heard that thing. Uh, set about it Russia. sounds a lot like Russiagate, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know what they say when it smells like Russiagate, walks like Russiagate, and talks like Russiagate. Yeah, it's probably Russiagate. Uh, I mean, we uh, there. This has just happened, so we need to really see where where this all goes. But um, yeah, I and, wanna... and do you know what? I want look here, here. Here's something extremely weird that I really, really want. I want fucking evidence this time. That would be nice, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whether you it's from like I don't expect yeah. it from the U.S. government at all f for them to give out any no. evidence. But we have plenty of other countries here that we could uh, yes. that could give out evidence. Um, so we don't have to rely on the ridiculous U.S. government in this scenario anymore right yeah no I, I i will say i was wrong if i see evidence evidence well, yeah Everybody i mean i'm not saying me? one way or another right now because i don't right. have evidence either way so right now no. it's just the the beginning of a story and we'll see where it goes that's what that's what i say yeah well at, at least they didn't release the, the virus Right. Yeah, there has been some talk about the the U.S. Uh, government or the Biden administration kind of getting around the idea that maybe the lab leak theory is maybe more true than than not. Mm -hmm. I've been hearing a bit about that. Maybe we'll talk about that next week if something comes out about it. But uh, in the U.K., they're they're getting rid of the the lockdown, right? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that last last week, right? And so, yeah, obviously, that's that's. Uh, oh wait, their chancellor is self isolating after a rapid U turn on, <laughs> after being in contact with somebody who had COVID. Okay. <laughs> so, when I read this, I was like, "Congratulations." I really wanted to like yeah. give them a good applause. <laughs> Way to make yourself look like a total moron. <laughs> oh, Boris. 
It's so it's such a goof. They initially said I they w- would not isolate as they were taking part of it, a pilot scheme that would involve daily testing, but opposition parties said it suggested there was one rule for them and another rule for the rest of us. Uh, so of the, course. The PM later said they briefly considered taking part in this scheme, but he ended up locking down, so. Yeah. <sighs> Sometimes I wish everybody had the same prime minister as they do, uh, do in He already uh, had COVID. Um, New Zealand. Boris did, and I assume that he got oh, yeah, shot and everything, but it, assume, he must have gotten in contact with somebody who had the Delta variant. That's my only... Like, that would be the only reason, right? That, that makes the most sense to me. Maybe he didn't take the vaccine, look. Maybe he never... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know if he did or not, right? But he had it. You would assume he w- would have gotten it by now. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm not sure. No, I'm not. Yeah, no. This is the conspiracy podcast over all conspiracy podcast where Fro asks the real questions. Yeah, no. Uh, of course, I I believe he probably ha- has had uh, the vaccine, but yeah. Yeah, it's more of like a, a optics thing where like if you're telling yeah. everybody else that if you come into some type of contact, you need to, um, mm-hmm. you need to stay away from other people, and then for him to say, oh, but I'm not going to do that. That's the real issue here, not necessarily that, um, it, it's going to get him sick or whatever because. Even if he got it, if he is vaccinated, it's not going to be as bad. But, uh, yeah, it's the optics of being like, oh, like they said, there's one rule for them and another rule for the rest, right? And so, yeah. Mm. Hey, look, you're still on Facebook. Yeah, I go on there sometimes. Uh, Do you have a lot of uh, people uh, sitting there and... uh... Uh, making up conspiracies theories about COVID? I think there's probably... I've got some anti-masker people in my Facebook group, or my Facebook friends, I think, yeah. Yeah. Like people from high school or relatives, maybe, yeah. Yeah, they are killing people. Uh, says Biden uh, that uh, blames Facebook for allowing COVID misinformation. Uh, Joe Biden said Friday platforms like Facebook are killing people by allowing misinformation on their services about COVID-19. Ask what his message was to platforms like Facebook regarding disinformation. He said they're killing people. He said, I mean, they're, they really look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated and that's, they're killing people. Biden said on the South lawn of the white house. Oh, that's stupid. Uh, Jen Saki said, we're dealing with a life-death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play and make sure there's accurate information. They're a private sector company. They're going to make decisions about additional steps they can take. It's clear there are more that can be taken. Yeah, and saying that uh, uh, it's just unvaccinated people that get sick is very, very, very wrong. We see that's over and over again. Uh, yeah, well, I think what they're saying is like the because right now in America the case numbers and the hospitaliz- hospitalization numbers are going up like quite a bit. Like in every state, it's going up. Um, so what she's talking about is there's the 
the reason it's going up is there are so many unvaccinated people uh, and the Delta variant as well. So, mm-hmm. which, right, that's what she's trying to say. Um, but what they're, what they're also saying is that the reason that that's happening is because fa- because of Facebook. Not because, you know, maybe these people don't trust their health institutions or the government or oh. Um, oh. they don't trust med- like certain medical things or maybe they have religious biases that are make them you know a little out there and they believe in the mark of the beast maybe or something like that they, that's not in consideration of this they just want to blame facebook and it feels more like uh coming from that common sense media side of things where they're like is there a way we can use this tragedy to censor the internet <laughs> that's the way i feel about it i don't know about you yeah, no, I, I don't know what I feel. I, 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 I do think that uh, Facebook as a platform does have a responsibility to uh, let everybody have free speech. Uh, do I think free speech like this is dangerous? Not, not super, really, because the thing is, I, 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 I know that a lot of like Christian people uh, online also goes and uh, have skeptic uh, without being on Facebook about the vaccine. Like I have a former uh, former Mormon that's turned to a Catholic. I talk to him sometimes on on WhatsApp, and uh, and uh, he said that he would not take the vaccine. And uh, and I asked him like why, and he's like, yeah, no, my congregation has talked about like the mark of the beast and things like that. It's like, sure. And that's not cool. even like if he's in a, he's in a Catholic church. That's so a Catholic setting. Like, imagine how much right. more hardcore that message can be in like a mm-hmm. mega church evangelical preacher type setting where they're talking about brimstone and the end of the end of times and things like that um it can be even more pressure and i think i mean what percentage of people is not taking the vaccine because of their religious beliefs versus the amount of people that's not taking the vaccine because of a meme they saw on facebook i guess is my point i think that's probably a bigger issue that we should be dealing with and i feel like i agree the biden administration is made goals to where they wanted to be, like how many people they wanted to have vaccinated, that the hospitalization numbers would be at this point right now, and all those mm-hmm. none of those goals have been reached, um, and so they're trying to find somebody to blame because they didn't reach any of those goals because people are pointing out, hey, the caseload is getting worse, everything's getting worse, and you said it would be getting better, like. What was his whole campaign slogan? Was get back to normal. That was like his whole thing. There was no other like policy that he ever really talked about. And so people look at this and go, "Well, we're we're going the opposite way of getting back to normal." Biden mm-hmm. uh, and Biden goes, just like the Democrats have been doing for years and years. Instead of reflecting on themselves and being like, "Okay, maybe it's my fault. How can we fix this?" They go. Facebook's fault wasn't me. Wasn't me. It was Facebook. <laughs> That's the way I see this. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of shifting of blame. Right. 
And not that yeah. there isn't some thing to say for like Facebook misinformation, but like I said, the percentage of people who aren't taking it because of a Facebook meme, I think, is a lot lower than people yeah. consider. Because of shirts, yeah, right, or other things, other other yeah. reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, but Biden after this softened his tone on Facebook urging action still though on misinformation uh, he took a softer tone on face talking about Facebook on Monday after saying that it was killing people Biden told reporters he meant to accuse a dozen users who spread most uh, the most amount of misinformation on social media and not the company itself uh, he said, Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are giving out misinformation. Anyone listening to it is getting hurt, and it's killing people. It's bad information. So he didn't... I don't think that's softening his tone. I think that's making Not himself really, sound right? even dumber. So you're yeah. saying, of yeah. the millions of people on Facebook, 12, 12 people, people <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> you know, the most... <laughs> <laughs> most powerful persons in the world. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds a little stupid if you ask me. Uh, Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, also tried to clarify the remark, saying, we're not in a war or a battle with Facebook, we're in a battle with the virus, she said. Um, yeah. One other thing that isn't in these articles, but uh, I saw some YouTube videos about it uh, in different places. Jen Psaki also, when talking about Facebook, suggested that maybe we should set up a way where if somebody gets banned from one platform, they end up getting banned from all the social media platforms. That was a talking yeah. point. Good on you, big brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... That's the worst. That is absolutely the worst idea I have heard. Two days. Wow, that is mind control. Well, I just think it goes back to years to years Christ. ago when we said if you ban Alex Jones off off of YouTube, mm -hmm. and you do, everybody can be happy with it, but eventually it's going to come back around and bite you in the ass because uh, yeah. you don't. Once that ball gets rolling of of censoring things and censoring the internet, uh, it's hard to stop the snowball. And I feel like this this. That her saying that was me looking up and seeing an avalanche coming at me, basically. You know, it feels sometimes that Biden is such a boomer. Oh, he's absolutely. I mean, remember yeah. when he was like, You got to sit your kids in front of the record player? Remember that? <laughs> record player, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, so he's like beyond boomer at all time swing <laughs> on the radio. Anyway, uh, talk about uh, uh, people that we don't really like. Jesse uh, Max. Uh, Jesse Max. Uh, there has been a lot of documents in her case that has been unsealed. Uh, yeah, fifty-two documents were unsealed overnight in the ongoing sex trafficking proceeding, mostly concerning a previous settlement defamation lawsuit. This lawsuit came from one of the most outspoken accusers, Virginia Roberts Gouffre. Uh, Gouffre has alleged that she was forced to have sex with powerful men such as Prince Andrew when she was 17. Uh, other documents in the release pertain to protective orders filed by Miss Maxwell's lawyers to restrict the information that would be forced that they would be forced to hand over. Documents unsealed include part of a deposition 
of a person who previously served as a private chef for hedge fund manager Glenn Dubin. Uh, Mr. Rizzo claimed that Epstein and Miss Bach and Miss Maxwell bought a oh brought a confused fifteen-year-old Swedish girl to, uh, to his home. Okay, so that's interesting revelation. The chef added that the girl was left sitting on a bar stool in the kitchen as he and his wife cooked uh, dinner for them. Mm. I mean, that's pretty damning evidence for Maxwell for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, one I of mean, the doc. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, come on. One of the documents unsealed shows handwritten records of messages left for Epstein in the early 2000s. Many of these messages were from Maxwell. Several re- messages referring to massage appointments. Mm-hmm. Massage appointments. Yeah, we we're know what those were. The, yeah. Yes. Yes. That is not massage. That is code word for something else. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm maybe a little surprised that we didn't get more information. I do think the information that has uh, come out so far is very damning for her. I do, yeah, I do think I do think this will make it harder for the state to to get names and things like that from her. To make a deal, I think the public uh, perception of this is so bad now that they. Well, they you would think that by these articles that I sent you, but both these articles yeah. are from the UK. There was not a single major US publication that printed anything about really? this. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's not good, is it? <laughs> that's not surprising <laughs> to me, though, in a way. No, no. But it's pretty bad. Yeah, the, I mean, I found yeah. one from The Independent, one from The Telegraph, and those are both British papers, so... Okay. Well, well. Uh, I, hey, do you remember we have had talked about this Havana Syndrome... Uh, because of the uh, very angry crickets. Uh, Austria. Austria is investigating reported Havana syndrome cases. Uh, Austria is working with the U.S. to get to the bottom of reported spat of suspected cases of the ailment known as Havana syndrome among U.S. diplomats in Vienna. The U.S. Secretary of State last month said his country is conducting a government-wide review of who or what caused what it suspects is directed radio frequency attacks uh, on U.S. diplomats that resulted in a various in various neurological ailments. Uh, <laughs> diplomats and other officials in Vienna have reported symptoms similar to th- similar to those of Havana syndrome, making it the second biggest hotspot for the illness after Havana. That makes sense why they would be that checking it out then, I sense. guess. Yeah, uh, state- I was like, yeah because I was I was thinking, like, there's a lot of space between Austria and Havana. It's like, it's very far away from each other. <laughs> um, right. I mean, if you want to get into a conspiracy theory of, like, why this would be happening now, uh, once at the center of the Cold War... 
Vienna is home to several UN agencies and the Organization for Security and Cooperation of Europe, meaning bigger countries such as the United States and Russia often have three ambassadors and a large diplomatic presence there. So that it's, I think, it's kind of playing on like the Cold War mindset a little bit. This article, at least, um, the I, I mean, the idea from the U.S. is that it's Russia that's doing this. And so they're saying Vienna is kind of the center of, like, these Cold War politics, and so that's why it's happening so much there. And the other place it's happening, Cuba, Fro. <laughs> so, yeah. hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It smells like American intervention. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, you and me love Ben and Jerry's. Probably, and probably my second favorite ice cream brand. Okay, what do you see first? Tillamook, but that's because it's from Oregon and it's really ne- tasty. Never heard of it. Tillamook is a, actually a town here, and they there's a ice cream place that in that town that's called Tillamook. They make amazing ice cream. Okay. Yeah, uh, Ben & Jerry's is definitely my favorite. Uh, I love all of their ice cream. If I was the Prime Minister, I would very get very angry if I didn't get my Ben & Jerry's. Uh, yeah, a decision by Ben & Jerry's to stop selling ice cream products to the West Bank and East Jerusalem, uh, the Israel-occupied West Bank and East Jerusalem, has been met with fierce criticism by the Israeli political establishment, including warnings that the decision will have severe consequences for the Ben & Jerry's parent company, Unilever. So I get Unilever... What kind of, what kind of consequences? They don't, that don't, they don't say. I'm assuming uh. maybe sanctions? Or, like, not allowing them to sell their other products? Because Unilever is a British company, I believe, that owns... They they have the rights to Ben and Jerry's in internationally, if that makes sense. The international mm-hmm. sales. So what, and I think Unilever makes a lot of other products. So what uh, Israel could do is say, yeah, you can't sell Ben and Jerry's, but you also can't sell any of your other products here either. So that, I guess that could happen. Uh, the announcement from the ice cream maker, which has also taken political stances on climate crisis, social justice issues such as Black Lives Matter is one of the highest profile rebukes of Israel's settlement building to date. Yeah, uh, this is maybe going to sound a little controversial, but good on them. (laughs) Yeah, in a statement on its website, Ben & Jerry said it had recognized the concerns shared by us and and our fans and trusted partners and concluded that sales in the Palestinian territories were inconsistent with our values informing mm. on its long-standing licensee and license agreement that would not be renewed when it expires at the end of next year. The company plans on selling its products in Israel, but through a different arrangement. Okay. When people ask me why I have problem believing in uh, when the government says something, I usually answer them, do you remember all the nuclear weapons Saddam Hussein had? Right. And yeah. they, go, <laughs> they go a little silent. They go like, yeah, that's right. That was a lie. Remember when, when, when he was standing there 
in the United Nations, like we need, we need to take them now because they have nuclear weapons. They have a nuclear weapons of mass destruction in, in there. You need to do it now. Well, it was all fabricated. It was all lies. So when he asked me to trust the government, I I don't. And in the center of that, we had George W. Bush, one of the worst presidents. He was oh. barely even a president. I mean, if you go back and see any of the movies they've yeah. made in the last few years about his presidency, he was a de facto president. Basically, behind right. the scenes, everything was being run puppet. by Dick Cheney. <laughs> right. Yeah. The puppet of Dick Cheney. But yeah, no, it, we're going to uh, see a little video uh, about... George W. Bush, because he's he's a little like sad that they're leaving Afghanistan because that's very sad. All right, give me a countdown. In three, two, one, go. And well, we open this broadcast with those striking comments. E. It's a German broadcaster. I'm assuming it stands for like Deutsche something. Well, President Bush added he feared that the pullout of troops would lead to women and girls suffering at the hands. See, I remember this is the exact talking point that Hillary Clinton said when she said she didn't want them to pull out of Afghanistan was it would hurt women. Very pleased. She was supportive of troops in Afghanistan. By the way, and one of the reasons why is because she saw the. Uh, the progress that could be made for young girls and women in Afghanistan. It's unbelievable how that society changed from the brutality of the Taliban. And I'm sure that's said, true. You know, sadly, yeah. uh, I'm afraid Afghan women and girls are going to suffer unspeakable harm. Is it a mistake, the withdrawal? I, you know, I think it is, yeah. I think because I think the consequences are going to mm-hmm. be unbelievably bad. And uh, I'm sad. And we, I spend, Laura and I spend a lot of time with. Afghan women, and uh, I'm sure you do. Uh, scared, and <laughs> I think about. All sure, that's not complete lie. Not only U.S. troops, but NATO He's troops. Saying She's just chilling right? out in Texas with Afghani women all the time. It seems like they're just going to be left behind <laughs> to be slaughtered by these very oh. brutal people, and uh, it breaks my heart. It has nothing to okay. do with with my stock options in Raytheon. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I just it's it's the same line from Hillary Clinton that dr- yeah. withdrawing from Afghanistan is going to hurt women. Like that's the that's the through yeah. line. And when you see Hillary Clinton and George W. Bush agreeing on something, be afraid. Yeah. Be very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> that should be putting up some alarm bells in your head if you're a Democrat. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, most Republicans hate George Bush, to be honest. So. Right. He was such an amazing president. That was a bad, and that was the worst uh, American accent I have done. It was a pretty good George Bush, because that's kind of how he sounds. He kind of sounds like that. (laughs) He kind of sounds like that. You know what I love more than uh, uh, ice cream from Ben and Jerry's? Uh, No. When Trun gets very, very, very angry. Uh, for people that are a little like afraid of swearing, you should <laughs> you should <laughs> skip ahead five minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. This is Trump. Trump tells the truth. 
This week we have seen forests burning and billionaires going to space. Yes, billionaires who have enough money to can save the world 20 times and feed all the poor people in the world and stop climate change is now want to be clapped on because they are going to fucking space. The planet is burning and they're looking for an escape route. Well, people, I said before, go and vote, go and do this and do that. But no, I don't think it's going to help anymore. We need a fucking revolution. The only buildings that are going to burn is the politicians and Wall Street. Burn it fucking all, smash down all the fucking glasses. I do not cheer on fucking billionaires because they have enough money to go to space. If they have enough money to go to fucking space, they have enough fucking money to pay the fucking taxes. Now, I've said it before, I used to be young and angry. Now I'm fucking older and even more fucking angry than fucking ever. Because this has to fucking stop. We have delusion here in Norway too. European Union are putting on the most ambitious climate plan ever. Ever. But what the Norwegians say, no, they are angry because cars with fossil fuels is going to be banned. That means Norwegians will earn less money because we live over the oil industry. Yeah, we live over the oil industry. So... People on here don't give a fuck if the planet is burning because it has to be something else. Yeah, in no way do you think like we can. Uh, an economist said like, our oil is gonna help people go over to green energy. No, it's not. We are pumping up oil so people are gonna burn more oil and gas. How is fucking that can be used to be more environmental correct? No, it's not. We need a revolution everywhere on every country, and every continent, and so fucking on and on and on. Wall Street is the fucking enemy. It is. But also, people in power are the enemy right now. We know, this year, we're going to have two elections, as I know about, in Norway and in Germany. And things can change in Germany, because people in Germany have to believe in science. Yeah, science. They had a, a counselor from the conservatives who was a scientist and she did some solution based on science who other conservatives in Europe hate because reading books and based on facts not fictions seems to be a conservative way of doing things but we have all over left and the right are in the same fucking mess the Green Party can win and we can do a good election in Norway too and I hope that the European Union don't listen to Norway. Yeah. I have to say that. I hope that the European Union don't do what my country wants us to do. But again, oil is big fucking money. I want to see the oil companies poor. I want to see those people in employment lines begging for cash or sucking dicks for money or licking assholes and burning in hell by rimming the devil with Ronald Reagan. Oh, that was naughty, wasn't it? Yeah, you know that I don't like your fucking ex-president, Roll fucking Reagan. I hate him, motherfucker. He can burn in hell. Eat the Satan's shit. Well, today I was very angry. But, again, it's flood all over Europe. It's burning. And people are still talking about whether or not they can be vaccinated or not. You know, people who are not are vaccinated, can you go and live 
on your own place. Yeah, you don't want to get vaccines. Let's give a new state for you. Let's let's say you can have the state of Texas. Just close the borders around it. Everyone who will not get want to get vaccinated, we, we just give you one amount. You can live off one year, and just go to fucking Texas and stay there. So maybe in two years time, Texas is clear for all the stupidity in, in America and the world. Well, I don't know. There was too much bullshit, but again, this is the bullshit man, your favorite motherfucker, Tron, but Tron tells the truth. If you're gonna think I'm gonna be more silent to the years to come, no, I'm gonna be more fucking angry, and I'm gonna put it on the whole podcast. Not only Tron tells the truth, but to hell with Tron. Yeah, listen up to that, motherfuckers. Goodbye. That was uh, Tron uh, telling the truth. <laughs> Cursey McCurses and <laughs> sure, I guess so. Uh, I think he's just yeah. upset this week. He obviously had a lot to get off of his chest, so. Yeah, uh, you don't need therapy. You only need another digital citizen. Right? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to send us anything in, uh, you can send us stuff at another digital citizen at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We will play it. When when we play things like that, we will play yours. Trust me. Uh, hey, look, I saw uh, a reboot this week of the best show in the world. Okay. Turner, Turner and Hooch. I kind of liked that movie when I was a kid, to be honest. Do you know what? The movie is perfectly okay. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, the movie is okay. But uh, this TV show is not. Uh, first and foremost, it's on Disney+. Plus. So that would tell you something, uh, but I think the main reason I will I will give it I will give it two points, and that's only because of the cute dog. But Josh Peck is is uh, Turner. Okay, and he's terrible. <laughs> okay, I, really, really, really terrible. Uh, there's no good acting, no good storytelling, no good plots. One of the worst shows I've seen this year. That's saying a lot, yeah. Disney's Turner and Hooch gives a, gets a two just for the dog. Oh, because the dog's worth more, sure. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I mean, it had an, at least the storyline from the movie had an interesting kind of cl- crime uh, mystery to it, so I don't know, maybe it could be interesting, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, let's see, what did I watch? I watched... Miracle Workers season, what, three, episode one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, they, this ep- or this season, they're in on the Oregon Trail, I guess. Uh, all the same characters <laughs> from the last few two seasons, but this time they're just in a different time period, which if people, I guess I should go back and kind of reset on season one, because if you had never, mm. if you just watched season two and season three, you would have no idea kind of that season one sets up that, um, it Steve Buscemi plays God in season one, and everybody else are angels. And at the end of season one, they send themselves down to Earth to find out why Earth is important and whether they should destroy Earth or not. Or uh, because God's like, I kind of just want to destroy Earth and start over again. Um, 
And so you, I think that kind of gets lost. They never kind of like mention it in season two or three, but you, you just have mm. to kind of have that in the back of your mind that that's what's going on, which I think is kind of an interesting way to do it. But at the same time, you kind of have to have seen all of it to really understand the show. Um, mm. But I don't think you would have to understand that to enjoy season three either as no, like its no. own piece of something. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, no, I know. I have not laughed this hard in quite a while. But this was fucking hilarious. Very, very good first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi's on fire. I think he's funnier yeah. this season than, or at least in this episode, than the last the last ones, which are very funny. Um, mm-hmm. I love Harry Potter in this as well. Daniel yeah. Radcliffe, right. Uh, yeah. Is it weird that season one maybe is the worst season of the three seasons? Of, of the three? I, I That's agree. so strange to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's season... I think it's definitely season one, then season two. I, I, will, I will wait and see, but so far, season three has had one of the best starts, at, at least. Yeah, yeah. And the concept is interesting that he... He's the bad guy who they have to trust because he's the only one that can get them uh, to, to right. the West or to Oregon, I guess. Um, yeah, I give this episode a nine. I give it a nine as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have seen... Uh, I'm picking things I know that you haven't watched. Okay. Uh, uh, I will pick Shmigadon. Shmigadon. It is... One of the hardest uh, shows to pronounce. Yeah, that's probably not sure. a great thing for your for your a show because people are like, "I'm going to Google this. I don't know how to spell it." Oh well. Yeah. Uh, well, you find it on Apple TV. Uh, this has Cecily Strong, uh, Keegan Michael Key in it, Fred Emerson, uh, and Kristen Chenoweth, and Alan Cumming as the mayor. Uh, oh, okay. I have said this. I have to say that if this, if I would create a show that I knew that you would hate more than life itself, it would be this show. Because on, not only is there always singing in this <laughs> fucking okay, reason, yes, but the plot is so incredibly stupid that it makes absolutely no sense. I will say. I will say, I, I went into episode one and I was like, this is BS shit bad. Then I watched episode two and I was like, hmm, it's not that bad. It's still not good. Just don't get me wrong. But uh, <laughs> there are some, some, some songs elements of this I really like. I think I think uh, if I have to put two out, I think uh, Fred Arm. Armisen as uh, the Reverend and uh, 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 Kirsten Shanaway as his wife and uh, Alan Cumming as the mayor is maybe the best in the show. Other than that, uh, it is about a couple that finds this Schmigagodon village where everybody sings and they find out that they can't escape before they find true love. Uh, with a leprechaun uh, played by Martin Sheen. Uh, yeah, and that is the concept of the whole show, that I can't leave this village before they find true love. Uh, yeah, I will give it a three and a half. 
Oh, that low. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, obviously you didn't like it, but it does have... I mean, I like a lot of those actors. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I definitely wouldn't watch it. Uh, I watched a oh. Netflix doc called... Oh, it was just called Naomi Osaka. Uh, about a tennis yeah. player named Naomi Os- Osaka. <laughs> uh, creative title, right? Uh, it just, what, it just kind of um, followed her around... Uh, after she lost a very important match, um, Mm -hmm. and it's her kind of coming to grips with, like, not waning success, but, like, having the high, being at the highest levels you could possibly be, and then where do you go from there? Like, how do you move on from being, like, the best ever? You can't, there's no going above being the best, so how do you, and then it's kind of, goes into like her cultural heritage her history and things like that um mm. i thought it i thought the voices overs for, like they did voiceovers that were from her talking about herself that's really mm. cheesy like film school-esque kind of way to do a documentary thing uh mm. so that i didn't like about it i don't really care about tennis either so there's that <laughs> they they were acting uh. like at one point, uh, they said everybody in the world is talking about this about Naomi Osaka, and I'm like, I've never heard of this person in my entire life. Like, <laughs> people in tennis maybe yeah. are talking about it, but it's not like a, everybody in the world is talking about this. This, but um, they treat yeah. it like that. I guess I, I mean, I'm sure people who love tennis they feel that way about her. But for me, it was kind <laughs> of like, okay, they're making a really big deal out of something that I clearly have. I have no idea what's going on here, but so overall, I'd probably give this a four for me. I thought the documentary style was pretty blah. Uh, the subject matter is like very, you have to be a fan of this one person to enjoy this. Um, she had some interesting takes on like her success, but other than that, I was not a big fan. Did you watch this? Yeah. Uh, I didn't like it either. Uh, do you like tennis? No. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's got to be a big hindrance for us, right? I mean, I was like, why are they making a documentary of this girl? Like, she's not all that interesting, to be honest. It's like, yeah, I, I, I have seen documentaries about more interesting people. But yeah, no. Like, there's nothing super wrong with this. But I, I saw two episodes and I'm out. Uh, I give it a four, actually. Uh, you know who the executive producer was for this documentary, though, right? No. LeBron James. Oh, oh yay. Uh, so he's getting into movies, apparently. I mean, obviously, uh, be, being in... Or doing this and then also being in the movie we're going to talk about in a minute. But, um, right. Yeah, I thought... I think that probably he probably saw her and saw his career and maybe was like, I want to make a documentary about this because she interests me. That's my guess. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I found it a little boring. Uh, I saw, uh, American horror stories, not, uh, American horror show. Uh, American horror stories are based on the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's standalone ghost stories. Uh, the two first episodes are together, but, uh, it's one story. Uh, really, really good. Amazing two first episodes, I have to say. I'm maybe one of my favorite things I've seen this year. Uh, 
I love American Horror Show, uh, but I think American Horror Story is actually it's better. Uh, I think I think this is a very cool spin-off. Uh, I I, I my own complaint about American Horror Show uh, is that it can be a little long and like uh, drawn out. They're very good at suspense in 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 short episodes, and I think they've proven themselves with, with this. Uh, but yeah, no, that means I give this an 8. Uh, let's see, what did I see? Uh, Heist, right? Yeah. Uh, on Netflix. Uh, you did. It's a, about different heists, I guess. It's like, it's a mm-hmm. true crime documentary show, but like each episode is a different crime, right? Is that a good way to... Mm-hmm. Right, okay. That is a good way, yeah. Um... And it's very much like every other true crime docu-series you've seen on Netflix. It's just not the whole... The whole series isn't about one crime. Uh, The camera style, the interview style, the... uh, What what do they call it when they... The recreations look very similar Mm -hmm. to a lot of those I've seen. Um, I do like that it breaks breaks that formula of like every episode being about one crime, because a lot of times in those Netflix crime docs that you see, it feels like in episodes they're stretching out, like, the the answers to try to fill space sometimes. And in this, it was like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you get what... That was... That was Polly. Uh, you get what you want out of this episode and then you get to move on to a new crime which i liked about about it but uh, you know it's still mm-hmm. a netflix crime doc thing i don't know what do you think it still is but i i liked it better because of what you said it is uh not w- one entire show about one episode uh, or about one crime but it's different crimes each time that made it uh, more interesting for me at least well, it, it keeps it um, fresh. Like, mm-hmm. with the, one of the other ones, if you start to kind of, like, in halfway through, uh, a, whatever, a four-part one uh, docu-crime doc that's, like, an hour each, if you're halfway through it and you start to feel like, uh, I want to see how it ends, but I don't really feel like sitting through this. But this one, it's like, boom, boom, boom. You get, like, that satisfaction mm-hmm. over and over again. So, yeah, I think they should do more like this in, instead of, like, trying to fill out space all the time. Uh, overall, I give it a six, actually. Yeah, I give it a six as well. Cool. Uh, I saw something on the Peacock. Uh, I saw Dr. Death. Uh, this is uh, based on a podcast, believe it or not, uh, about uh, this true story of uh, Dr. Christopher Dunch, uh, played magnificently by uh, Joshua Jackson. Uh, it also has Alex Baldwin and Christian Schlater in the big roles. Uh, I will come back to them a little later. Uh, it's about this uh, guy that uh, has done a lot of botched uh, surgery uh, on purpose. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a psycho- uh, so- sociopath and uh, very uh, like, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, this is a shit show. J- just to to make that uh, completely clear, it's not a good show in any means. 
Uh, I think it's mainly because Alex Baldwin and Christian Slater doesn't fit into this show whatsoever, especially, especially Alex uh, Baldwin. Alex Baldwin. Uh, I I did not like him at all. I sure. think Joshua Jackson is amazing. I will give it a five point five though because I I still watched every single episode of it. Oh really? It was a, yeah, no, it was an interesting uh, story enough uh, that I wanted to know about this. I had it on my list, but I never got around to watching it because I didn't want to watch it on my phone, and that's like the place I have right. Peacock. So I just oh, I, I had it on my list to watch, and I would just every time I went was like, oh, I'd have to watch it on my phone? Ah, fuck it. Mm. <laughs> so maybe I'll watch it this week. Uh, let's see, the last thing I saw, which I'm pretty sure you saw, yeah, you saw this, Surreal Estate. I did, yes. Yes, I have it on my list. <laughs> oh, this show. It is a show about a real estate agent who <laughs> specializes in selling haunted houses, but for some reason he's also like a mystic Kind of? Doesn't it yep. seem like... He, yep. Because there's this one scene where ev- like the haunted house is doing its haunted thing and things are being thrown mm. around the room. Uh, you know, cups and plates and chairs or whatever. And everybody else is like hiding from the things flying around. But he's just standing there like, oh, I'm not worried. It's not going to hit me. Like he has mm. some kind of power over the ghosts or something. Which they don't really explain that at all in the show. Um, it's, it's really bad, but also comically bad. Does that make sense? Do you know what? This has been my favorite show of the week. No joke. I really like this. It's really dumb, but like in a very <laughs> charming, dumb way. If, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. No, it's so fucking stupid. The premise is so stupid. I mean, is it a real estate agent that's selling <laughs> houses that are possessed? I mean, what? How much sillier does this get? I mean, it's such a silly show. I, I don't understand because he—they say in it he gets the price he wants for every house that he sells, which means mm-hmm. does that mean he? Are we going to find out that he clears the house of the ghosts before <laughs> he sells them, or does he sell it in a way where he he sells it to people who want to live in a haunted house? You know what I mean? Or is it both? Maybe it's both. I don't know. But it's like, they don't really explain everything in episode one enough for me to really understand really what he does or how his business works. So in that way, I want to see more. I'm going to watch episode two, but I want to see more of like what this guy is actually really about. It's weird. Like, it's a stupid sci-fi show. I should not be invested in this, but I really am kind of (laughs) invested in it. Uh, I have it in my notes where it says this is the most sci-fi episode of a sci-fi show of a sci-fi thing I have ever seen on sci-fi. It definitely has that cam- sci-fi camera work, sci-fi <laughs> acting. It, oh like, um, There's about five oh, different so sci-fi shows I could kind of compare it to. But I guess, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, is there one you can think of that like really... Yeah, not really. There's a lot of different sci-fi mm-hmm. shows that are kind of similar in, in a way. What do you give this? Uh, I gotta give it a 3.5 still. It's really dumb. <laughs> Hold on to your horses, Luke. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving this a 6. <laughs> I really like this. I'm sorry. 
I, I mean, that's fine. It just, I mean, I can't go up, I can't go higher. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's just technically the show is, you know, uh, lower quality. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I do agree. Yeah, no. On quality, yeah, I I agree. Right. So I had to dock it a little bit there, but I I'm gonna watch it. So there you go. The last thing I saw was McCartney, uh, McCartney, G two one. Uh, where uh, him and a producer called uh, Paul McCartney, that is. Right. Uh, he, him and a producer called Rick Rubin discuss uh, the Beatles and 70s rock and the Wings and things like that. Right. Rick this Rubin's very Google. famous. Sorry? Rick Rubin is very famous. Oh, I have never heard of him before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very famous. Okay. And black and white... This is very pretentious. Extremely pretentious. I didn't. I saw that this was on where I, when I was just kind of search, searching around on things, whatever. Yeah, maybe I was on Hulu and I saw it, like the thing for it. But like, yeah. it seemed like a lot of like, I'm Paul McCartney. I love myself. Don't you love me too? Like that's what yeah. it kind of seemed like to me. That is a hundred and ten percent correct. Look. And it's shot in a way that it looks very pretentious. Did I mention that I think this show is a little pretentious? Because of the black and white? Is that what you're... Yeah. Well, yeah, black and white yeah. is always kind of inherently comes off as, like, film school pretentious. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, the, the style they did it with, like, like, acting like the camera isn't there and, like, not addressing anything. I was like... <sighs> Yeah, no, I'm two episodes and I'm out. This gets three point five from me. This was like just a mini series oh, thing, what? right? It wasn't like ten six episodes. episodes. Six episodes. Okay, six. yeah, all right. Yeah. That's that's like a have... actual series. Okay. Anyway, the last thing we saw together, look, what was that? Panic episode eight. Yeah. Right? Episode eight. Am I... Hashtag this episode. Yeah, it was episode eight. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Returns. The judges get personal when they announce the first of f four individual challenges that will establish the game's finalists. Past and present collide in an unexpected exposure of the players' mot motivations and and enemies. The sheriff gets closer to make an arrest, making an arrest, and Heather has her heart broken. Right. Remember when we said, like, last week's were the worst episode we ever watched? This is by the same director. Am I very surprised by learning that? Fuck no. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, I didn't think... Well, I didn't think this was as bad as two weeks as ago. last week? No, two weeks ago. No, no, I, last no. week was an alright episode. Uh, right? Okay. Maybe I'm... Misremember. I think it was last week that was terrible. No, I think I think you're mis I think you're misremembering. Okay. I think last week was uh, the all right episode, and then two episodes ago was the really stinker episode. Ah, uh, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, the world's longest relationship was in this movie. That was fun, fun to see. <laughs> right, they slept uh -huh. together. They went outside the next morning. He was like uh, talking yeah, to her like they were yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend, and then. Over. They got in a fight and and he or she took off like mad like so they had what like a four hour relationship maybe four hour relationship yeah 
Uh, yeah, no. I don't know. I do remember people I know having that kind of relationship in high school in real, like in real life. So I guess that is like a thing that can happen, like in high school. So maybe it's it's more true to life. But it is funny to see in a show because it just seems like very strange. Can I just say that it's very weird to see her and two things that we're watching at the same time? Right, we were watching uh, Fear Street, yeah. which she's in as a main character. And then yeah. we're watching her in this, which she's the main character, and she, they, she's definitely better in Fear Street than this. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, but I think she has better. The Fear Street stuff has better dialogue to, to work oh, yeah, with, definitely. where this is kind of yaw dialogue about it's very oh, this cheesy. Is so yaw. Um, it's very very yaw. This episode was a little weird because, like they said, like I said in the description, instead of having a main challenge where the, the contestants all do the challenge, which has been how the game yeah. worked the entire time, they did individual challenges, which makes how does the school how does the scoring work when like they're doing totally separate challenges? Um, okay. But it was very clear they were trying they were doing these challenge challenges specifically to. Uh, tailor them to each contestant to like scare them or mess with their head as much as possible, right? right. I think my favorite one was uh, the key one. That was fun. Right. I we kind of guessed it right away. Like we were like, how would they yeah. get a girl in down underneath this barn? Like that's kind of <laughs> in a wheelchair yeah. somehow. Um, but it was a very. Um, I, I like that, and but I didn't. We're very confused by the ending because at the very end of this episode, very our main character gets put back into the game by yeah. some weird circumstance where her friend got, or two of the contestants got um, disqualified. The one for not completing the challenge, and the other one for cheating. Right? Was that what it was? Yeah. Um, yeah and. So they put her in in the place of two people. They have her come back into panic. But yeah, she missed a whole... Cha she missed two whole challenges. Yeah. And so how is she not just, just as disqualified as them unless maybe she's going to go back and redo those challenges, I guess. But right. I guess that's possible. We'll I'm very happy that we just have two episodes uh, left of this amazing TV show. Yeah, hope, I'm hoping that it wraps up completely and we get an answer to everything, but I don't know that we're going to. So. I doubt that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Alex Jones, talking about conspiracy theories, uh, is claiming he coordinated the attack uh, with the White House on uh, uh, January 6th attacks. Uh, right, according to Al Alternet, uh Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones' Infowars was considered a fringe right-wing outlet in media circles. Uh, David Patman explains that Infowars host made a claim last week that he put up a half a million dollars of his own money to make the rally happen. Jones said the White House told him three days before, we're going to have you lead the march. He went on to say that 30 minutes before the end of Trump's speech, the Secret Service planned to take Jones out of the crowd to the spot where the march was supposed to begin. He went on to say that Trump will tell people, go, uh, I'm going to meet you at the Capitol. Uh, Jones' mm -hmm. statements are basically full-on admission uh, about his involvement in the riots. 
Hey, look, if you had a ticket on the Virgin Galactic uh, space flight, would you give it away? Uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't give it away. I'd probably sell it, right? <laughs> uh, ten years ago, uh, actor Ashton Kutcher was planning to be amongst the first people to ride it. Uh, but he changed his mind having, after having children with Mila Kunis. The former Two and a Half Men star? Is that what he's known for? <laughs> I don't no. think that's what he's known for. <laughs> no. Either, either that 70s show or punk, no, right? No. Those are the two things he's known for. Why Not... did I say Malcolm in the Middle? I don't know. Oh, probably just because yeah. it's uh, those. They came on around the same time period, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's true. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, the seventy show. I I think it's definitely that seventy show he's most known for. Uh, yeah. I, I well, it depends on what age group you're in, I guess. I, if you're like younger than us, probably punked. Uh, but for yeah. me, it's definitely dude. Where's my car? Uh, let's see. What's what else? But yeah, he's a. He says in the statement, I got married and had kids. My wife basically encouraged me that it was not a smart family decision to head into space. We're having a, with young children. I end up selling my ticket back to Virgin Galactic. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. If you can, I guess you can just do that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, look. Uh, around the corner, we have the Olympics. Did you know that? Yeah, pretty soon, right? Yeah, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, if it happens, I heard they there was like the first p positive test of COVID inside of the yeah. inside the what do they call it the village or whatever? Football players uh, got sick from Brazil. Oh, okay. Yeah, foot footy footy players in Brazil. Do you like watching uh, uh, beach handball? I I know what handball is i didn't know there was beach handball i didn't know there was a difference i guess the difference is sand probably <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the difference norwegian women uh from the norwegian beach handball will ban handball team <laughs> me can't talk uh yeah they were actually um in a little bit of trouble this week why what's that the uh, Norwegian women's beach handball team has been fined for refusing to play in bikini bottoms during a game in the Sports Euro 2021 tournament. The team wore thigh-length elastic shorts during their bronze medal match against Spain in Bulgaria on Sunday The protest to protest against the regulation bikini bottom design that the Sports Norwegian Federation president called embarrassing. Okay. So they're going against like the Euro Cup, like federation rules. Is that what, yep. what I'm? Okay. Yep. Yep. Because they need to play in like what looks like yeah. They were fined seventeen hundred dollars for improper clothing, which is hilarious to me because like in in school when I was younger, improper clothing meant like it being too revealing, and this is like the reverse right. of that. They're getting fined for right. having. Less than revealing, less revealing clothing. Um, it is very stupid. Well, male players are allowed to wear tank tops and shorts no longer than four inches above the knee. Women are required to wear midriff bearing tops and bikini bottoms 
uh, a maximum size of four inches in width. Okay. I, I mean, I know why that is. I can tell you exactly why that is. Yes, it is for men to... It's for ratings. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's all about, like, some people may not want to watch handball, beach handball, but they might want to watch ladies in bikinis. That I mean, that's... Yeah. it's Sex sells, right? That's what this is all about. Yeah. Um, I guess... Uh, I understand, like, the the outrage to it, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, this is big news in Norway, of course. It's on our first page of things. People were calling in uh, and say they would pay for the fine for the girls. It's not that much to begin with, the fine, no. uh, comparatively to other sports fines or anything like that. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's it it definitely is a rule f- in that league specifically for that reason. For they know that it's going to get ratings if that happens. So that's what that's what I think. Hey, if you want to get in contact with us, it's another digital citizen at gmail.com. You can write how nice my new microphone is. Uh, you can also Twitter us about how nice my new microphone is on <laughs> at, uh, podcast ADC, at podcast ADC. Or you can post on Facebook um, another digital citizen how about uh, my new mic- microphone sounds like. And I will not see it, but Luke will tell me about it. I I'm feel like Facebook. that could be construed as something very sexual. Uh, your microphone, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. If I know what I say, maybe I want. What? Maybe that's exactly what you do want. Uh, Britney Spears news, which seems like a weekly occurrence here now. At this point, we should just have the, the Britney Spears the Britney section Spears of the corner, right yeah. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Britney Spears has said she will not perform again while her father retains control over her career. Uh, the singer. Singer's message in the latest series of emotional public comments about the arrangement that controls her personal and financial affairs, affairs uh, she said, This conservatorship killed my dreams. She said in a lengthy post on Instagram, So all I have is hope. Uh, the conservatorship was put in place after her father, Jamie Spears, petitioned the court for legal authority over her life. Right. Yeah. That sure happened. Uh, I feel yeah. so sorry. Yeah, it's it's more interesting stuff that like we've all we've kind of wondered like why the whole thing has been weird that she's been working and then they're saying she's incapable of controlling her own life, but somehow she's able to mm-hmm. maintain a tour schedule and do remember like very complicated choreography for dance moves for a whole show and things, but she's but she's um, not mentally fit, right? Those two things don't add up. So yeah. Hey, look, I have seen a lot of movies. Okay. Have you seen a lot of movies? Uh, yeah, I did. Why don't you start, I guess? I will start, because I don't know why I did this, but I did. I regret that I did, but I watched Space Jam, A New Legacy Look. Okay, I heard bad things, but we're going to talk about it in the (sighs) ADR, I guess, so... Guess what? It is very, very bad. 
Are you very, very surprised about that? Uh, I guess not. Um, I always, I mean, I just assumed it was going to be a cash grab. To be honest, I didn't like the original Space Jam, even when I was a kid. So... Uh, yeah. Uh, announcement, me and Luke are not uh, friends anymore. This was the last episode. I was never, like, a jock kid, and I always saw the movie as, like, something that, like, oh, the basketball kids at my school would like, yeah. so I was always kind of like, I'm not really into that. It's a ki- That's a movie for basketball kids, or, like, jocks, and I'm not I'm not a jock, so. Well, I can tell you that this is the biggest commercial for HBO Max uh, that you will ever see, if you ever see it. It's filled with a lot of things that is HBO Maxi. Sure. It's like... Uh, yeah, they go to the, uh, for example, they go to the plot where HBO Max is, like the HBO town thing and things like that. Uh, it has, uh, if you think of the first movie that I do love, it's a long time since I've seen it, so it's probably not that good. But uh, they are trying to retcon everything like in that movie and put it into this movie instead. Like, it's the same plot. It's the same thing all over again. It, it's just done with absolutely no charisma or anything. I give this movie a three. three. Okay, I saw Gunpowder Milkshake, which I think you saw last week, yeah? Yeah, and loved it. Uh, this is about an assassin uh, mm-hmm. who's... Who, whose mother was also an assassin, so I guess she, like, passed down the family business, kind of, in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. But this assassin ends up uh, meeting a young girl, and she has to, like, take care of her, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a bad person, like, it's a bad person, an assassin who murders people, but she ends up having to be an, be nice to this one specific character, right? So that's the, kind of the arc of the movie um the action is very good uh i really liked uh, probably all the way up until three quarters of the way through the movie i really didn't like the final fight scene it felt cheesy and stupid i guess like the the whole movie is cheesy and kind of comedic and it's not supposed to be taken Mm. seriously but the final fight scene it felt like okay you're in this building where everything seems to be rigged specifically to have a fight like but you're fighting hand-to-hand combat when you are in a building you designed specifically. You know, shouldn't they have, like, booby traps and things like that in this library? Mm. That didn't make any sense to me, like, why they would have to defend it the way they defended it. Like, the other thing about the library that made me laugh is they have two children's book sections in it, but then in, in the women's studies section, there's just guns and grenades and things. So are children going into this library, right, or not? That was confusing to me. I get that. Yeah, I mean, if if a child went into this library and was checking out books and wandered into the wrong section, it could blow itself up. Right. That seems dangerous to me. Uh, so the whole thing's kind of silly and cheesy. So overall, I gave it, what did I give it? 4.5. Uh, what did I watch next? Uh, let's go to the Forever Purge, the latest uh, Purge movie. Uh, this is about uh, the Purge that doesn't stop at uh, day- daybreak. Uh, that's 
more or less what I'm I'm not going to spoil anything because Luke hasn't seen this movie. Well, don't spoil anything uh, for anybody else either because it's no, still in the theaters here. So anybody like it doesn't come out on demand until next week. So ah yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I very much liked it. Uh, I think maybe it is my favorite Dutch movie in quite a while actually. I think. Yeah, it's definitely better than the last one. Uh, but uh, then again, that bar is pretty low. Um, I give it a 7. Okay. Uh, I, let's see, I saw a movie, and this was absolutely a movie that happened, and it definitely had Lana in it <laughs> from the really? WWE. And it also had Bruce Willis and our favorite Frank Grillo. Who's in every wow. weird bad movie? Why is Frank Grillo in every weird bad movie? Sounds amazing. Uh, that is what this movie sounds like. This movie is called Cosmic Sin. Uh, it's about in the future, uh, we've colonized like outer planets, like other planets, mm. and so we have like. And there's like battles between them or whatever. There's like an interstellar kind of war. And. This group of whatever badasses have to stop an attack on the on humans, right? So that's basically what it, it's like a it's a sci-fi crappy sci-fi thing. Um, the whole thing is really badly done. The production value is super low, but it's one of those ones that you could watch with a friend and just laugh your ass off at how bad it is. So if you want mm. a movie that's super bad to watch, I'd recommend this. I give this a solid one out of ten. Ooh. This has uh, 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Ooh, sounds like a good movie to watch. It's a, it is a solid bad movie. If you want a horrible <laughs> movie, this is solidly terrible. <laughs> well, something that I thought was going to be so, solid, horrible, maybe surprised me in the biggest way ever, is Pig. Uh, with our friend Nicolas Cage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I heard I've heard good things about this. People are saying he's make this is like a comeback or something. Well, guess guess what? We will talk about that. Uh, the last thing I think I saw was him in was that fucking kung fu panda thing. What was it called? Right, the like one of the worst movies of last year for sure. I, I yeah. don't remember. It was called like. Uh, Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. That's jiu-jitsu. What it, and it that didn't have a, like, and it had kung fu in it, but it didn't actually have any right. jiu-jitsu. <laughs> right. Yeah. This movie, look, is about the truffle hunter in Oregon. Okay, yeah. Uh, in the Oregon wilderness, and mm-hmm. uh, he needs to return to Portland to search for his beloved uh, truffle hunting pig that has been kidnapped. That is the premise of this movie. If that premise sounds a little far-fetched, it is. But... Actually, truffle-hunting pigs are, like, worth a lot of money, believe it or not. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Guess what? This is my favorite movie of this year so far. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, literally... It shook me. It shook me to the ground. I am very happy that I saw it with my dad and his girlfriend because I cried so fucking loud after watching this movie. An amazing movie. Uh, Nicholas Cage 
proving once and for all that he can act if he really like is forced to do it by a good director. This movie gets a 10 out of 10 from me. Uh, I would almost give it an 11 out of 10 if I was allowed. Right, okay. Well, uh, it's funny to go from like may- maybe what possibly could have been the worst movie I saw all year to you going, this yeah. is the best movie I saw all year. So maybe I should pick something uh, that was super in the middle and I will go with Good on Paper, which came out this week on Netflix yeah. with Eliza <laughs> Schlesinger. You made me watch this, Luke. I didn't make you. I hadn't even seen it yet when I told you I was going to watch it, though. Oh, okay. I just I knew it had come out, and I said, "Oh, there's this one movie that came out," and so like, yeah, I I didn't I wouldn't say I recommended it or not to you because I hadn't seen it yet. Okay, yeah, I I heard it as a recommend when you talked about it. Oh, I so. see. Well, yeah, no, I, I just was like, what? Why is he recommending this? I I like Eliza Schlesinger, and I like the, the oh, yeah, me too. The Eliza Schlesinger show is good. I like her stand up yeah, and yeah. everything. Um, and it, the thing I, I didn't really like how they incorporated her stand up in the movie. Oh, it felt like you were thrown out of like the movie and into the stand up yep. bit. Where like I feel like they could have done the same thing. All they would have had mm-hmm. to have done is in the movie. She goes and travels to a comedy uh, club and then leaves the comedy club. And that part could have happened in the movie just more. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have flowed better. It would have like fit Dynamic. in the movie. It wouldn't have yeah. felt like all of a sudden you're being thrown out of the movie to talk about the movie in like a weird third person-y way. Right? Yep. Um, yep. Some of the comedy was all right. I, I laughed. It's not like I didn't laugh at all. I don't know. What about you? No, this is us in the middle of the road. It gets this. This gets a five point five uh, out of ten for me. I give it a it four point very... five. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. It it felt very much like a, a bad com- comedy. Uh, but uh, I agree with you. I think maybe the stand up bits are what uh, destroys this movie the most. And I find that kind of interesting because I also like her send-up and her TV show. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, it made me laugh a few times. I thought uh, all the acting was fairly good in it, even though it's just a silly, mm-hmm. uh, com, uh, well, I guess rom-com kind of thing. Uh, I The one part that really made me kind of go, okay, this is better than... A, a crappy rom-com was the there was one moment maybe i don't know two-thirds of the way through where they do kind of a kaiser so say esque um part where she realizes everything that's happening right and that made, mm-hmm. made me laugh and make, made me go oh the, the story writing is really um and it, it's it's there's more to this story writing than it just being a silly rom-com they actually put some thought into it so yeah uh, that was the last movie I have seen other than one other movie. Oh, right, okay, we'll do that last. Uh, you, We talked about maybe one of the worst movies I saw this year, and possibly the best movie you saw this year, so let's talk about the most disturbing movie I've seen this year. Oh. False Positive, with uh, uh, Pierce Bronson, Justin Theroux, uh, Sophia Bush, uh, Ilana Glazer... Oh. Uh, Ilana Glazer is the main well, character in this. Yeah, yeah uh, well. you know she's she played maybe uh, in mm-hmm. Arrested Development. Um, 
this is about a woman who goes to a doctor to get um, a, a fertilization doctor to get pregnant. Um, played the doctor's played by Pierce Bros- Bronson, and then things start to go really strange for her, and she starts seeing things, and she starts to get paranoid, and uh, the ending is probably one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, I feel is like they went. Mm, I would say it's a thriller more than okay. a horror movie. Um, but you will be horrified when you finish it. Is that a good way to put it? Uh, okay. It is... I don't know if it's good or not. I feel like they went over... They went too far with this one. You know what I mean? Like, they were like, we're gonna, we're gonna push the envelope, and they pushed it maybe a li- off the cliff. <laughs> um, hmm. what did I give this? I wrote it down as a... 2.5 because I was it's just so messed up I I guess maybe I'll I'll give it a 3 I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up to a (laughs) 3 I guess you would just have to see this but it is it's disturbing I'll say that much you might I don't know people might like it but I was I got done with it and I was just like uh, no 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 (laughs) Hmm. sounds interesting Anything else? Right. Uh, see, I talked about that. Did I talk about Safer at Home? No, I don't think I did. No, you did not. No. Uh, this is... Uh, I saw this on Hulu, I believe? Yeah, I saw it okay. on Hulu, but it, it came out uh, in March in the Netherlands. Um, okay. It's a, it's a COVID movie in the sense that it's all done... Or most of all of it is done like like a Zoom call or a Skype call. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like these friends, and they're all stuck at home during quarantine. But this is in the future, in 2023, when a new variant of COVID is even worse, and like the whole world is relocked down and everything like that. Um, and I believe it's like the whole world's gone into martial law. So if you do go outside your house, you'll be arrested, that kind of thing. So these friends who the year before uh, had all gotten together in Vegas and had this big party uh, for this one guy's birthday, they, they want to do that again, but they're all stuck in their house, so they want to do it over Zoom. So one of the friends sends a package of stuff, like party stuff, to be like, hey, we're all going to still party, but on Zoom. Um, and in that package is some drugs, so they all take drugs. And things go awry. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, yeah, this mm. is... Uh, I, would, I would call this a thriller as well. I think this one you will really enjoy, and I would recommend to you, Fro, but it also has 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so not great scores. Uh, but I thought mm. it was very interesting, and it's kind of very found footage which I know you like those kind of movies. I um, love found footage, yeah. So, overall, I gave this a f- right in the middle. I gave it a 5. Um, but consider that it has 7% on Rotten Tomatoes when you go into it. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is the, is the found footage movie. So. What is that called again? Where, where there's Blair Witch? A, yeah, no, no. I was thinking of the Godzilla in the town, in the middle of town. Oh, right, and then they did the John Goodman, the third one. What was yeah. that called? Right. Um, I don't know. Talk yeah. about Fear Street, and I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, 
Fear Street, last chapter, 1666, because 666, you know, haha. Uh, it, uh, it was definitely the last movie in this uh, consultation. Uh, I very much liked it, but we'll talk about that. So, the first uh, one-third of the movie is in maybe half. I think it was Already. half. I think it was basically yeah. almost exactly half. Because I remember looking at the the time code, and it was like, it's a two-hour yeah. movie, and it was basically an hour into it that we split it split off, yeah. So, uh, one part of this movie is in 1666, and one is in 1994. Yes. Um, so, I like the part of uh, in 1994 better. I will say that, but I think still the 1666 one was interesting. Uh, very much like the witch trials of uh, Salem and things like that. And uh, the second half was like more of the story we got in the first movie, so I was very happy there. Very nice ending. I liked the ending. Uh, yeah, cool movie. Yeah, they really wrapped it up really well by explaining all of the characters in, through all of the time periods and why they did what they did at the end um, and wrapped it up in a way that was satisfying enough that you went, there aren't any plot holes left here. There's no weird things that got left over to explain or anything like that, which because of the way the story was and over all those time periods and so many characters, it's difficult to try to wrap all those storylines up, but they managed to do it. So, uh, yeah, I gave this, what did I give it? I gave it a 7. What about you? Yeah, I gave it a 7.5, actually. This is, uh, I, I'm going to say something weird. I think maybe the first movie is the best. I agree. The second second one is the worst, and this was the next best. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, but the weird part is, the 90s one is the best, and half of this movie is the 90s it's right. It is the '90s one, so in that way, I guess, yeah. It, I, I think that has something to do with it. Uh, so you were thinking of Cloverfield, by the way. I was thinking of Cloverfield. That is hundred ten percent correct. That got I made really... fun of a lot when it came out. Um, yeah, as being like a silly movie that that everybody thought was dumb. I remember even like yeah. Par- Par- I think not scary movie, disaster movie made fun of it even. In that, uh, I remember a lot of people making fun of it. And then the other movies came out and it was like, oh, everybody's going to see them. So it was this weird thing that people made fun of it at the time. But when the sequel came out, everybody was like, oh, yeah, I loved that movie. And it was like, Mm -hmm. no, you didn't. You you that's not possible. Everybody couldn't have hated it and now love it. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the new Avatar movie. Said absolutely nobody. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, do you want to see some jam? Pump up the jam. Space jam. Basketball camp is next weekend. You got amazing potential on the court, and I can help you get there. That's not what I want, Dad. Even the trailer looks awful. You never let me just do me. I can help you get to basketball camp? Don't you just have to pay to go to basketball camp? I don't understand. You need a... You need a... Permission slip. I don't know. What in the Matrix hell? 
Well, that was great dialogue. What in the Matrix yeah. hell? Did that say Game of Thrones for some reason? Yep. HBO. Right. Like I said, this is the biggest uh, commercial you have ever seen for HBO. Tune World, spelled like the wrong kind of tune. Mm-hmm. What is this? I will give it uh, uh, this. Don Sheetle is good. I'm a cartoon? It's funny. Mm. So funny, look. Shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. If it gets more funny than this, I don't know what to do. Because it's so funny, you know. Welcome to I hear a lot of people talk about Iron Giant nowadays, like it's nostalgic and stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't remember it being like a big deal at the time. The Iron Giant? Yeah. It's an awful movie. I don't remember if it was good or not. I just remember nobody really making a big fuss about it at the time. But now it seems like everybody's like, oh, remember how great that movie was? Yeah. Or maybe everybody's being ironic and I'm not catching on. I don't know. <laughs> don't you remember that a lot? Alan is more that fun. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? A little bit too ironic. Yeah, I really do think. Yeah. So what What do you think about this amazing uh, trailer? Look, it looks amazing, right? What is this amazing movie all about? It's so amazing. Uh, Space Jam A New Legacy superstar LeBron James and his young son Dom get trapped in digital space by a rogue AI. To get home safely, LeBron must uh, must team up with Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and the rest of the Looney Tunes gang for a high-stakes basketball game against the AI's digitized champions of the court, a powered-up roster called the Goon Squad. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was called in the original run, right? I think they were called the Goon Squad. I don't remember. I think that... I haven't yeah. seen. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I haven't seen that in very, very long time. Uh, did you see the scores? Oh, right. 31% on Rotten Tomatoes, 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 37% on Metacritic, 71% of Google users liked it. Nice. Uh, well, I am. I have some one-star shares that are kind of funny from Google. <laughs> they really had fun with Okay, Mike Joe said, not sure what this movie is with those five stars. Watched it, but couldn't have been this one. <laughs> Just like, nope. <laughs> uh, Angry Wiss uh, said, this was simply awful. Even when rewatched the first Space Jam movie at warm up. But the sequel gets uh, uh, just about, uh, about everything wrong. Uh, uh, Jamina Harnogold said, So I'm going to be very honest here. All true, I have been anticipating this movie for years since I grew up in the 1990s. 
when the original was released when I was a kid and still love it. Mm -hmm. The second had no good music. I'm sorry, but uh, part of the reason Space Jam was so amazing was the soundtrack. I agree. I don't remember there being a big... I believe I can fly. That was in that? I don't... I don't think so. Well, I don't I, remember, I'm so it's very possible. Pretty sure it was. I don't remember, like, musical bits in it, I guess, is my point. I, I remember that they had to go, like, get his shoes at one point, and that was, like, a big plot point in the movie. Um, I, I just Googled it, and yes, I believe I can fly is from uh, Space Jam. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is big. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to the Facebook and checked out some reviews there adam wiley doesn't recommend it he says really bad just endless references to other movies because there's nothing fun or interesting here there was no thought or love put into this movie uh but menzi nitaka nitaka i think that feels like it's missing a a vowel there somewhere Yes. Uh, she recommends it saying it was a great movie i watched the original space jam when i was 10 on tv it's the best movie I've seen so far. Thank you for making this. Uh, but David Merrill says, Worst movie, n nice ad for WB, but a pathetic attempt for a cash grab. Yeah. Uh, also coming out this week is a little movie I talked about before uh, with Nicolas Cage, Pig. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I don't really need to say what it was about because... That is, I said, but it has gotten 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 82% on Metacritic. So it's not only me that is crazy about this big movie. Uh, Roadrunner, Runner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. And uh, that's not the description. Oh, I thought it was the... Uh, I thought it was the... Me, me. No, yeah, the no, Roadrunner no. In, yeah. That, not quite. Uh, um, it, yeah, this it looks like it's a, just a documentary about Anthony Bourdain. So, uh, eight okay. out of ten on IMDb, ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty percent on Metacritic, eighty-seven percent of Google users liked it. Directed by Morgan Neville. Mama Weed. I don't find any information for our look. Uh, go on to the next one, and I'll I'll find it. Okay, uh, I will do the next one then. Uh, that is Escape Room 2. Uh, I am very much looking forward to this. Uh, I think it's called Something of Champion. Six people uh, unwittingly find themselves locked in another series of escape rooms, slowly uncovering what they have in common to survive and discover as they all played the game before. Tournament of Champions, it's called. Okay. 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb for 5% on Rotten Tomatoes and 43% on uh, Fandango, but 90% of Google users liked it. Uh, not anybody famous in this movie. Uh, Mama Weed, Patience Profuse, a d translator for the Paris police, is months behind on her bills when she finds herself in possession of a huge store of hash and the insider knowledge required to move it. Patience capitalizes on her field experience to earn extra income while staying one step ahead of her colleagues at the precinct. 83% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 
55% on Metacritic, 68% of Google users liked it. Hmm. And uh, then comes a movie called Out of Death. A corrupt sheriff department in rural mountain town comes undone when an unintended witness throws a wrench into the shady operation. Uh, this has a 3.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 2 out of 5 on Movie Insider, 1.1 out of 5 from Voices from something, uh, 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. This has uh, Bruce Willis and Jamie King in it. Huh, okay. Uh, how, did, how to deter a robber. Uh, in a desolate town of northern Wisconsin, a stubborn young woman and her naive boyfriend face off against a pair of amateur burglars. Uh, 5.4 out of 10 on be 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's see, who's this got in it? Leah Lewis, Vanessa Morano, uh, Gab- Gabrielle Carter, Carteris. Sure, never heard of I these was, people. I was, I was so happy, hoping you would say Gabby Hanna. That would be funny. Nope. Uh, the last one is Rock, Paper, Scissors, but it doesn't say anything here either. Uh... Oh, it does on mine. Oh. Bullied on a daily basis and dying to be noticed, a group of misfits enter an international tournament of Rock, Paper, Scissors to win the girl and finally become men. Uh, 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I'm not seeing any Rotten Tomatoes score... So probably not. Does it have one yet? But it is a movie about rock paper scissors. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, what movie do you want to see the most? Rock paper scissors, of course. Mm-hmm. No, not really. And now, now the honest uh, option. <laughs> uh, Escape Room Two, which I've seen a lot of commercials for, so I'm really because of. I think I'm being hyped up by the commercials, so I probably have way bigger expectations than it. And I never saw the first one. In the commercials for it, they don't even kind of reference that it's a sequel. So, I, yeah. Yeah, I have... Uh, I really want to see Roadrunner. It looks alright, I guess. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not really interested in seeing it. I guess Pig, I, I'd watch too. So, there's some movies that I want to put on my list of things to see here, though. Do you know what you... You don't get picked if you go into audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. The smoothest stuff transition. That's what I was thinking. I was Uh, like, the smoothest transition ever. (laughs) You get a free audible trial. You don't get a pig, but you get a free book. Okay, and coming next week, news of the week. TV and movies of the week, obviously. Uh, Another digital review of Snake Eyes. Um, I, I know what that is, something. Wasn't that already a movie? Uh, I swear there was a Nicolas well, Cage movie called that, that, Snake that, Eyes. Yes, yes, there okay. is. But uh, this this is the prequel or the sequel to G.I. Joe or something. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, it's yeah. like about Snake, the bad guy from G.I. Joe. Right. Right, okay. Uh, and Panic Episode 9, the second to final episode, so. Yes. An ultimate episode, as they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool name, Pen Ultimate. Uh, okay, uh, Jeremy round. 
That sure is a thing. Uh, look, I have found something very, very obscure and very, very strange on the internet. Okay. As, as always. Uh, I have found this uh, uh, commitment report from Google uh, that says they are have been carbon neutral since 2007 and they are going to be carbon free by 2030. How the fuck do you make a search engine carbon free? Uh, I guess they mean like they're going to be running their servers off, not off of because they have to run their servers with electricity. So instead of running right. it with coal power or whatever their servers are going to be run off of elect, uh, like wind power or something like that? That's my mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, this website is a very like promotional thing for for Google, but uh, yeah, I found it I found it a little confusing. There's a there kind of a very simple video. looking website for being from Google. Yeah, I agree. I also love how I found it by mistake. <laughs> it's like I pushed the wrong button and I found it. <laughs> oh, really? That's weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you heard about the Freedom Phone? Uh, no. Is that anything to do with the banana phone? Well, remember Freedom Fries from, from yes, like I do. 9-11 when America was like, screw the French, so we're going to call it Freedom Fries, even though the French had mm-hmm. nothing to do with 9-11, so it makes no sense because we're a bunch of idiots. Uh, no, there's a MAGA-branded Freedom Phone. Uh, is a black box that should be avoided at all costs, is what Gizmodo says. Uh, this is a, it, they're, they're marketing this phone to like MAGA people as like some kind of device that, uh, keeps, keeps like the big tech companies from tracking you and spying on you. Hmm. Never heard of this. Uh, yeah, the website, hilariously, it provides zero specs of the actual phone. There's no information about the phone's operating system, storage, cameras, CPU, RAM (laughs) capabilities. It. It lists. It has a list of features, but there are no actual details about that. Instead, under each feature, there is merely "Buy it now" button, which redirects you to the site's shopping cart. The phone is a hefty price at four hundred dollars. Combined with the company's total lack of transparency, is ridiculous. Essentially, asking buyers to cough up half a grand in exchange for a uh, something. Right. <laughs> Uh, have you seen uh, the new trailer for Jackass Forever? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, you should get a, go and check that out. Uh, it looks interesting enough. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch it. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, I like Jackass, Jackass? and everything. Yeah. I just feel like... I love the movie. I don't feel like they could do the same kind of movie that they used to in this day and age. I don't feel like a lot of the stuff that they did back then would fly um, in 2021. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Without having a good. huge backlash from certain people, I guess, is my point. Yeah. No, it looked very good. I'm sure, yeah. That, I'm just saying, like, I feel like it's going to be tamer than... It used to be. But, I mean, like, where did Jackass come from? When you think about... A lot of people, younger people especially, they see Jackass and they just remember maybe as far as the TV show. And that's what Jackass Mm -hmm. is to them, the MTV show. Uh, 
But to me, it goes so much like it goes into CKY, which was even more disturbing than Jackass was. And then if you even go farther back than that, bum fights on the internet Mm. was Jack was all those same people doing bump, which was the most one of the more evil things that was ever on the internet when I look back at bum fights. And I remember thinking it was funny as hell when I was a kid. But then even farther back than that was Big Brother magazine, which like was the most. I remember that magazine as a kid and being like, they had in each magazine each month they would have a a different picture of either somebody vomiting or uh, having like a massive diarrhea, and it was like a one page thing of that in the magazine. It was so fucked up. Mm-hmm. No, I. It... I also think I I remember the sequel to kind of Jackass like like all those things that came after it tried to be Jackass as well. It was so weird. Well, yeah, there was like, a bunch of people on YouTube, especially at the time, that tried to do crazier and crazier shit, and it like got mm-hmm. out of hand, obviously, because they didn't have any like it was like kids without any supervision doing like sh- stuff they should just not be doing. Uh. Yeah, but I mean, then you had, what, uh, what are they called? The Dudesons also, who, like, they ended up getting super famous from doing exactly mm-hmm. what we're saying, is basically just copying Jackass. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I have uh, seen a lot of things put in race in this week. Do you know what that is? No. What, what are you talking about? Racing. Uh, it's a clear uh, plastic thing uh, where, for example, you can dip a balloon in and race and like make really cool sculptures and things like that. And you have a bee in uh, race and that looks like the thing from Jurassic Park. It's very, very cool. I used many hours uh, uh, looking at this. A uh, random guy from Australia putting <laughs> things in Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. There was some weird article in Cracked about Joe Rogan again. Like, just basically repeating all the things that people have said of why Joe, Ro- they, why Joe Rogan is a bad person, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I really wanted to talk about was the new Cold Ones episode where they did alcohol testing again. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was so funny. Yeah, really good. Yeah, those guys are hilarious. Uh, have you seen the new Pride flag? Pride flag? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I, is this a thing? Should I look it up? New they're, Pride flag? They're, they're co- yes, they're coming out with a new Proud flag. Uh... That uh, twenty twenty one. Yes, new large rainbow flag, but it also has uh, all the other. Uh, it has like a a, a little like V triangle sign on the thing sideways yeah. triangle. Yes, yeah, sideways pyramid. Sure. Yes, I'm seeing all a couple other... different versions here though. Like one of them mm-hmm. has a circle that I'm seeing, and one of them doesn't have a circle. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I've seen that as well. So I'm not really sure yeah. which one's the final, the final one. Yeah, version. Yeah, it uh, kind of looks like I, a flag I've seen before, but I can't put my finger on it. Hmm. Okay. It looks a little like the Zambian flag, actually. Does it? Oh, 
I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's got uh, yeah something familiar. I just can't. I I don't know what it is. Well, uh, let's flag us out of here. Ha <laughs> uh, I'm Jesus Christ. I'm not Jesus Christ, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing and trying to do an outro at the same time. That's hard to do. I'm Flo from Norway. And I'm Luke from the US. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.